Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. All right, guys, I got to tell you, that really eerie, soul-touching, beautiful singing, that was on my YouTube feed this morning from several people. That's John Agenton and... Apparently, this is a an ancient herding call, an ancient way to call your cows or your goats. I found a clip in my feed today about calling wild swans. And I also found a clip in my feed today about calling the northern lights. What you just heard, my friends, ancient, real, Nordic magic. I am absolutely blown away that that was even in my feed. I have no idea why it was. I had listened to John Agenton, but the person who was in my feed had nothing to do with John Agenton. In fact, she was from... I want to say Norway, and John Agenton is from Sweden, I believe, or maybe it's the opposite. But there's something like four videos in my YouTube feed today, and that was so strange because usually I get things that have nothing to do with me or <laughs> things that aren't as much along what I want to hear, you know, like they'll like recommend video games or music or something that I'm not so interested in. I mean, I'm interested in music. I love music, but th- usually what they tell me to listen to, it's like, no, I don't really think so. Like elevator jazz, Christmas music, you know, that kind of, and I'm like, no, not really. I want straight up Christmas music from the greats. Mahalia Jackson, for example, you know, <laughs> people with actual pipes that can sing, <laughs> but John Agenton, boy, she's got pipes and she can sing, and that's incredible. Now, I just played like a few seconds from her, a two-minute clip of her calling her cows, and all these cows came running to her, and um, 
you hear their cowbells later on. It's so adorable. But this lady who I saw, Christine, oh, I forgot, Mills, maybe. I'm not even telling you the right name. It's I think her name is Christine, M-A-L-S or M-I-L-S, something like that. Anyway, she, I'll have to get the name for you later, but she is the person who who's singing inspired the second Frozen movie and she just grew up Colning K-U-L-N-I-N-G Colning that's the kind of singing that is Colning her goats she grew up just calling the goats and that's how they do it and for her it was like not a big deal but for some reason her voice or something about her sparked the attention and she ended up being the voice of um, the older I want to say Iduna Induna I don't know it's been years since I've seen Frozen I think I saw it when it was first out in theaters but I don't know why this was in and, and there's something ancient and deep deep in my DNA it awakened something in me and I, I don't believe I have. Well, I might have Swedish blood, actually. Or it might just be Scottish. I don't know. My grandmother's Anderson. I think she's Scottish. But um, that's also a Swedish name with the Owen. If it's with an E-N at the end, it's a Norwegian name. But I don't know. I, it could be that we are the Andersons that came from Sweden to Scotland, right? That part of me. And that, that, that just really threw me for a loop, the way that it just went through me and called awake part of my soul, part of my DNA. And while I was listening to this, I got a visit from somebody. He's sitting right here and my third eye is pulsating and he wanted to say a few words to you. So I'm going to let him speak. Uh, go ahead. You're welcome to speak. Hello, this is Lord God Odin. I'm not going to speak for very long, which is why I asked to be a part of the introduction. Many of the old gods and goddesses and ancient beings that were so much more a greater part of the lives of your ancestors. We are all becoming more activated, shall we say, more alive our energies, our powers back from the days in which we were worshipped, not that we're calling for that mentality anymore, but those people who were in your ancestry who worked with me and all the other 
gods, goddesses, what have you. All of this is being reactivated as you move up in vibration. The old religions and the old magic is being stirred up. We are being called upon once again and we are responding in kind. Not only are many of you awakening up and saying, I think I wish to be that religion. I feel calling towards that goddess, that God, that energy, that form of spirituality. Not only are many of you calling us, but many of us are calling you home to us. We are activating ourselves in you. This is a mutually beneficial time. I have called Elena as my own. I am accepting her into my fold because she did not know, but she has always been belonging to Odin. And she has my protection. This is one example. If you have Nordic ancestry or Nordic history in your other lifetimes, you are being called home as the cows and the goats and the northern lights and the swans are being called through Kolnin. This energy was brought to Elena and then brought to the world through this channel, through this show, so that we can reacquaint ourselves with one another. I am calling you home. I am sending my love and I am sending my call out to the world. If you are indeed belonging to Odin and the Nordic gods, we will be active in your life. If this is something that you desire, we wish to say beyond that, that if you indeed call upon us, you wish for our energies in your life, our protection, our love, our spiritual guidance, if you will. And when the time comes, albeit many, many years from now, maybe decades, when it's time there will be a place in Valhalla for you. And we wish to let you know that all of heaven includes all of the heaven of all the gods and all the goddesses so that you may go between them. You can go to the normal Christian heaven or the Valhalic heaven. You can go to any part of heaven that you wish after you drop the body. Again, this will be in many, many years to come. 
for most of you, maybe decades. But we wanted to make it clear all the goddesses and the gods of all of the old time religions, because as it turns out, we are all real. We are all here and we're all activated again. The Dakinis of Indonesia, the Devas of India, all of them are not myths or legends of yore. They are real, true living beings. And we wanted you to know we are here. Asking us as friends to help you or protect you or guide you or help you with ideas does not go against your current modern day beliefs or religions because we all work in unison with the one will. We wanted to come through today and let you know not just me but With me, I bring the energies of Freya and Frigg, all of the Nordic gods and goddesses. They are all here with me. The Valkyries, they're all real. Loki. (sighs) Loki. They're all real. They're all willing to work with you in whatever area you wish. Thor, we're all here. I just wanted to leave a quick message for those of you who have been called recently back into the Nordic fold. This has nothing to do with your current genetics in many cases, nor the color of your skin, nor where you were born, or where's the origin of your kin. We wanted to let you know that we're here for your soul. If you feel drawn to us, we're calling you home. And if you are not one of ours, we wish you well, and we send our love nonetheless. That's all I needed to say in this moment. So carry on with your show, carry on with your lives. Peace. All right, guys. Well, I hope that was a a fun and unique surprise for you. It was for me. When I was listening to this, he he came and talked to me. He sat in my chair, and I'm like, wait a minute. I feel Lord God Odin with me. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm like burning up hot. So much energy came through me. Uh, As you know, I'm a telepathic channel. You know, so I have his energy comes to me, but um, he doesn't take over my body. But that, but I could hear him clearly. I feel his message clearly. (laughs) Woo! 
Ooh, now I'm getting chills. <laughs> so I do feel that this a hundred percent true what he is saying. Like we are absolutely, I mean, we are going back up in vibration. We went to the bottom that we could possibly go to. And then we came back up again. We're coming back up. And as we go back up, more magic, more magic happens. Now I did see a, um, a colning of this woman standing in a river surrounded by snow everywhere, standing in the river, wearing this beautiful, like, looks like a white gown and a white fur coat. And she was in the Nordic countries where the Vikings used to live. And she called the Northern Lights. And it took an hour and a half for the Northern Lights to come and she did not get out of the river. And they say that it is very, very dangerous to call upon the Northern Lights to come to you. When you call them, when you sing to them to come to you, what happens is they will take you away. And she sang to them and called them and they came and the green northern lights uh, like looked like a green halo around her head and she turned and walked away and the northern lights went away i mean it's straight up magic and when she did that when she got out of the river um she uh lost like literally the northern lights took away her hands for a month she could not feel from the wrist down she couldn't feel her hands because they were frozen from the lake like she had first degree frostbite obviously that's something that can happen standing in a frozen river or, but she said it was a magical river and it has magical powers and it has known been known throughout all the generations for hundreds of years maybe thousands of years for having magical qualities, magical powers. So I guess in Norway and Sweden, they didn't, did not give up their magic. The Viking magic is alive. I know in Irish um, and Scottish traditions, uh, they never gave up their magic either. In Ireland and Scotland, magic abounds. I really now want to go to all of these lands and see and feel it for myself. I, I'm so excited about the idea of this. So I'm asking God, please give me the money so that I can go. Tell me when. Tell me when. And I will be there. <laughs> so I want to get into the world news but first, I'm going to tell you something from Watchers.News. This article gave me the chills, mostly because most of yesterday we had ash in the air from the volcano. Most of the sky was just covered completely. Ash, just all ash, just white. And... 
I went to bed last night at 9.30 at night and I slept 16 hours. I woke up exhausted, like, what the hell? But I couldn't get up when I did get up. I'm like, what the hell? But I know my body needed it. I know it's the cosmic wave energies coming in. But I did wake up in the morning and I could barely see the mountain that I can normally look at behind the tree full of parrots. I saw and um, just I could barely see it for all the ash in the air. They have now had to evacuate the tribal people who live in the province where the volcano is, the Morona Santiago province. I have one friend who's who grew up there. He's he's a tribal person. I I didn't hear from him yet today, but I did write to him and ask him if he's okay and if his family's okay. But they are relocating them, dozens of people, because the ash is so heavy now. And it's an ongoing, like for many, like four or five days now, the San Gay volcano is still going off. So there's that. But this article, this article is (laughs) related-ish. It could be. So here's the name of the article. Undersea volcanism is the cause for or of year of darkness and upheaval period from 536 to 555 AD. Researchers presented underwater volcanism as a new interpretation of why the sky mysteriously went dark over a year, beginning in the year 536 AD, with some parts of Europe and Asia seeing the sun for only four hours a day. And all the accounts that said the sun gave no more light than the moon for 18 months. The dimming led to catastrophic global cooling, famine, and civil upheavals in the medieval times. And Dallas Abbott, who studies paleoclimate and extraterrestrial impacts at Columbia University at the Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory, he said, people thought it was the end of the world can imagine 536 AD was also one of the worst periods to be alive according to Harvard University medieval historian Michael McCormick he wasn't part of the study but that was a quote they took from him he says uh, it came about during this year that that oh I'm sorry now the Byzantine historian Procopius Procopius I suppose He says, it came about during this year that a most dread portent took place for the sun gave forth its light without brightness like the moon during the whole year. And uh, trees struggled to grow from the year 536 to 555. They didn't exactly know why, but they did take a study of a Greenland ice core to figure it out. And they said volcanic eruptions are known to spew sulfur and other particles into the atmosphere that can block out the sunlight. 
but geological records only show big eruptions in the years 536 and 541 AD. That's not explaining the downward spike in the tree growth, the article says. Um, it would require a lot of sulfur and ash to darken the sky, and some of the material should be present in the rock layers and the ice cores. But the amount of sulfate that was deposited wasn't as much as any other eruption where there's a little bit of dimming. So they examined the ice core layers and they had to measure the chemistry of the meltwater. They extracted microscopic fossils as well. They said, we found by far the most low latitude microfossils that anyone's ever found in an ice core. And that was taken from Greenland. The researchers were only able to identify one high latitude species that were believed to be blown into the atmosphere by underwater volcanic eruptions near the equator. So the submarine eruptions would have vaporized seawater in 536 and 538 AD with the rising steam carrying calcium laden sediments and microscopic sea creatures into the atmosphere. Some of the particles would eventually have settled into the Arctic. Equatorial volcanic eruptions can affect the entire planet. Once the white sediments and microorganisms were in the atmosphere, it would have been very good at reflecting sunlight back into space. But it's hard to detect this in the, sen in the sediment records. There is a chance that space rocks hitting the equator also could have thrown sediments and fossils, microfossils into the air, but the ice core chemistry and lack of cosmic dust in the layers make it less likely. If there were impact events, they were very small. So Abbott and her team said they would likely to study another Greenland ice core next to see whether or not they will be able to replicate the surprising findings. So that's very interesting. It's very, very interesting that it's underwater, under ocean volcanoes that contributed to literally almost 18 months. Can you imagine not seeing the sun for 18 months, thinking for a year and a half, every single day for a year and a half, you think, you know what, um, it's probably the end of the world, we're probably going to die. That's like terrifying. I just had to read that article to you. I thought that was very interesting. All right, so let's see. I'm going to tell you some of the other things here. Um, articles. Let's see, where are we? Solar Dynamics Observatory witnesses new kind of magnetic explosion on the sun. This is a, a phenomenon called forced rec reconnection. Forced reconnection. Now this is taken from the science, but you and I both know. Forced reconnection from the sun. Hmm. What else have we learned about the sun through spiritual means is that it's a portal <laughs> of light. It's our connection to God. <laughs> And it's a portal by which many, 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 many ETs are channeling energy through right now to force us to grow with gamma radiation and plasma and the like. 
<laughs> so we're going to try and <laughs> look into this article a little bit, see what else it has to say. I'm waiting for it to load now. Um, I mean, this looks like a spider too. this picture. If you see this picture, they, they drew um, lines to show you the way it goes. And it looks like a spider burrowing into the sun. It's kind of creepy, this picture. <laughs> um, so the new kind of explosion is called forced reconnection. Force reconnection of our DNA, force reconnection in communication with God. All right, that's not what they say, but I'm saying this out loud as I'm reading this. This newly discovered phenomenon was theorized 15 years ago. The discovery is expected to help scientists understand a major mystery about the sun's atmosphere, improve space weather predictions, and lead to breakthroughs in the control fusion and lab plasma experiments. Now, they said forest reconnection. Now, what they're saying, a, a type of magnetic reconnection called a spontaneous reconnection has been previously <coughs> witnessed both on the sun <coughs> and around Earth. <coughs> it's like, I'm like uh, not coughing to be dramatic. I'm just like coughing just in that moment. But <coughs> spontaneous reconnection. Where did we hear that? Remember Dr. Eric Pearl? who would start to work on people. He's a chiropractor and all of a sudden they would like start channeling other beings and would not have a memory of it. Their DNA, their 12 strand DNA would just get reconnected randomly. He wrote a book called the reconnection about spontaneous reconnection. That's just something else coming to my mind. So a type of magnetic reconnection called a spontaneous recognition reconnection has been previously witnessed both on the sun and around earth as well as a realignment of tangled magnetic field lines on the sun in a process called magnetic reconnection this newly seen magnetic explosion was sparked by a nearby eruption in the scorching upper reaches of the sun's atmosphere. A big loop of material spewed by a solar surface eruption called a prominence starting falling back to the surface. Before it returned, it was caught in a snarl of magnetic field lines that triggered a magnetic solar explosion. Now, there is NASA has a video on this called a new kind of explosion on the sun if you want to go to the nasa youtube channel i love a world in which nasa has a youtube channel they say this was the first observation of an external driver of magnetic reconnection says dr abhishek srivatas srivastava a solar scientist at the Indian Institute of Technology. He said, this could be very useful for understanding other systems. For example, Earth's and planetary magnetospheres, other magnetized plasma sources, including experiments at laboratory scales where plasma is highly diffusive and very hard to control, he explained. The previously observed spontaneous reconnection 
needs a region with just the right conditions in order for it to occur, including having a thin sheet of plasma that only weakly conducts electrical current. W-E-A-K, not W-E, not like every week, but um, not very strong, weakly conducts electric current. On the other hand, forced reconnection can occur in a wider range of places, including plasma with even lower resistance to conducting an electrical current. This can happen only if there's some kind of an eruption to trigger it, and this eruption squeezes the plasma and the magnetic fields that reconnect them. The sun's magnetic field lines are invisible, but they still have an impact on the material around them. It's a soup of very hot charged particles called plasma. Researchers were able to examine the plasma using observations from SDO, looking particularly at a wavelength of light showing particles heated up to 2 million degrees Celsius, which is 3.6 million degrees Fahrenheit. This enabled NASA to directly observe the force reconnection event for the first time in the sun's uppermost atmospheric layer called the solar corona. In a sequence of images taken more than an hour, prominence in the corona could be seen falling back into the photosphere and then ran into a snarl of magnetic field lines that caused them to reconnect in a distinct X shape. Scientists are continuing to look for more such events. And so with further observations, they'll begin to study the mechanics behind the reconnection. Our thought is that forced reconnection is everywhere. (laughs) You don't say. But we have to continue to observe it to quantify it if we want to prove that. Very interesting, right? It's, um... (laughs) It's like the signs are everywhere. (laughs) The signs are everywhere. Um, there it is. Let's see some of the other headlines we had then. Okay, so in Cornwall and Devon, southwest England, they had flash floods and heavy rain and gale force winds battering the counties in southwest England on the 18th, knocking down trees and sparking floods that led to road closures. Many vehicles were even stranded, so... I hope you guys can take care of that soon. I did just make, in Great Britain, I just made the list in on iTunes. So thank you guys for listening through iTunes in Great Britain. Now, they uh, tallied up the lives that were taken in the United States this past uh, couple of weeks. 12 fatalities in the Midwest blamed on dangerous road conditions. Four people died in the tornado outbreak in the Deep South. So basically severe storms have already taken 16 lives and we're not even in winter yet. Now in Iran, in Hormozgan, Kuzestan, and Bushehir, on December 19th, basically this morning or today, widespread flooding and very, very heavy rain. So one person went missing and four others were rescued from that. So thank God I haven't seen any fatalities from that, but just massive rain in Iran. Severe blizzard 
dumps 30 feet, nine meters of snow on parts of northern Iceland. After a week of heavy snowfall and hurricane force gales struck the country on the 10th, so in the north and the small rural, rural areas, they got 30 feet of snow. 30 feet in Iceland. It's a good thing they called it Iceland. <laughs> okay, landslide was triggered by heavy downpour. Killed six people in Uzbekistan, in Tashkent. So while there's excessive precipitation in some parts of the world, there's an excessive lack of any moisture in the air whatsoever in other parts of the world. I think, I honestly, I blame the magnetosphere and the fact that there's we're at the biggest solar minimum because usually, you know, all these things protect us from the cosmic radiation. We're no longer being protected by it. We're being bombarded by it. And I believe that that plus the supernova, I think we have to look to space weather Unsuspicious observers. He said it this morning. I was talking about this last night. And he said, I think that from now on, in order to predict volcanic eruptions, in order to predict um, heavy storms, and in order to predict super, super heated parts of the globe suddenly, we need to start looking at the space weather, (laughs) the cosmic radiation that's coming our way. You know, that supernova, we got the second shock wave, I believe, already was on Monday. Um, why so serious? 24D is in the middle. She's Sarah is in the middle of recording a live show while I'm doing this, recording my show. So I couldn't listen to her first, but I'm at the end of this, I'm going to go listen to her. Impact crater analysis of Ryugu reveals the asteroid's geological history. So if you want to read that, that's a headline here on watchers.news. It looked pretty interesting. Um, let's see. Earthquake early warning system in California sends its first public alert on Tuesday. And it was sent for a 4.3 tremor that took place in Monterey and San Luis Obispo counties along the San Andreas Fault. Speaking of in Northern California, uh, earlier in this month, I just was made aware of this. Thank you to Trevor Noah <laughs> on The Daily Show. Um, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of penis fish. Penis fish, otherwise known as the innkeeper worm. <laughs> Basically, thousands upon thousands of penises landed on the shore in Marin County, Northern California. Just <laughs> randomly. Just, and they literally, they just look like penises. Straight up. They're pink. <laughs> and if you hear this description of how they literally have to, they burrow into the ground and they have to emit secretions for lubrication in order to go into their holes. I mean, seriously, you can't make this shit up. I'm telling you. 
Oh my God. It's so weird. It's so weird. I've never even heard this. I've never heard of this my whole life. I can't believe at this late date in my life that I'm still learning about things that are just so freaking bizarre. You can't make this up. Proves to me that God has a really funny sense of humor. Raunchy. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of penises in Marin County. That's hilarious and bizarre and a little like creepy, right? <laughs> but these are worms that apparently live under the surface of the sand in the ocean. But after a major heavy, heavy storm, probably the one that had the 75 foot wave <laughs> up in Oregon, off the coast of Oregon, you know, I mean, it's probably that same exact storm. Well, it released the innkeeper worms. <laughs> I don't know why they would call them in the in-game. They look at this and they know exactly what it looks like. No one on earth is going to mistake this for anything other than it looks exactly like a penis. <laughs> and they're calling it the innkeeper worms. I mean, did somebody have like a bam, 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 bam moment with an innkeeper? I mean, it sounds like something from, you know, it's like the date with the innkeeper. It sounds like a romance novel. Like, why would they call it innkeeper? But I found out why. Okay, because it sounds really strange. But they make these burrows and they, they make these holes and they're U-shaped. And when they do that, crabs and other little sea creatures move in and they kind of protect and take care of these animals. <laughs> so they're like an innkeeper. Totally weird, right? Just totally, totally weird. Just the world is weird, dude. Like, I don't know. All right, there's one more really boring looking article. Scientists are working on the next frontier of weather forecasting. Okay, I can't, I, I can't even, I can't even with that. <laughs> so those were the, the top uh, things that I saw on Watchers for today. I thought it'd be kind of fun to start adding these. You know, instead of having like a world, weird world, unless I have so many that it's just like in, impossible not, you know, not to just, you know, because if I do it every day, there's like three or four, maybe five articles. But if there's like a day where we have like 30 articles, I do a whole show on it, but it is what it is. Let's see. We're going to go to the Schumann Resonance News. Um, we're really packing a lot of stuff into this, aren't we? There's something I wanted to tell you. Oh, yeah. I have been absolutely aware of the timeline hopping lately. I was on Messenger with Jude yesterday, and we have... Um, have you ever seen the moon, the crescent moon, as an emoji that you can elect to be the emoji you send to each other? And when you send it, a bunch of um, moons with really goofy faces fall, and it looks like a bunch of bananas. And it's hilarious. And so we had that as our emoji. And he had just sent it to me. And five minutes later, I get on and it's the thumbs up emoji instead. And usually when the emojis change, it says Jude Dukoff changed the emoji or Elena changed the emoji. Well, it didn't say that. So I'm like, oh my God, I know I felt that we timeline hopped. And then I looked at my, my uh, phone and there it was. 
So I know that happened. Um, another weird thing happened is, is, uh, my duende <laughs> I had some activity from her. Uh, she threw my Janisa crystal at me while I was asleep. Maybe she didn't like the way I was snoring. Um, I found it on the floor in the morning, went to bed and she, it was on my dresser and she was holding it. I put it between her arms. There's no way it could just like roll off. And yet in the morning it was gone it, and that was fun. But there was another timeline hopping experience and now I can't remember it, but it was like pretty significant. I think my phone was low and then I felt a shift and then my phone was back on a hundred. It was not plugged in. I think that happened one time and something else, but I've been aware of it a lot more like when it happens, like, whoa, we just top timelines. That was freaky, but I'm feeling better overall, but boy, I was really sleepy the past few days. I think it's this, this energy just knocked me the hell out from the supernova. Like, honestly, now I'm looking at this. It says a 10, for that's it 10 for Italy <laughs> 10 hertz frequency calm that's it the only report available but on heartmath.org when we want to look at these six other Schumann resonances that are being oh why is this this I gotta re I gotta reload the page dag me but these are these are higher Generally speaking, these are higher than Schumann residents in Italy for some reason, but some of them were surprisingly low today. So in California, the Schumann residents, Hertz frequency was at 43 at midnight, and they went, well, nowhere. They stayed at 43 all the way across the board. Now in Hofuf, Saudi Arabia, they were at zero the whole time. In Lithuania, however, they were up to 101. I'm glad it's not a fever. <laughs> at midnight, they were at 101, but by 5 a.m., they were at 94 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale. And Alberta, Canada, they were at 62 hertz frequency at midnight, went down to 57 hertz frequency by 5 a.m. Let's see here. And in Northland, New Zealand, they started off at 11 hertz frequency, and they were down to zero by 5 a.m. Now, in Hulului, South Africa, they have been really out of control high, and they've been vacillating between the two and 300 range, and we're going to see where they're at in a moment. Okay, here we go. And they start off at midnight at 241 hertz frequency. They're on an upswing. And they swing. They swing. Is that a word? They swinged? I don't know. They went. <laughs> All the way up by 5 a.m. to 272 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale. All right. So we are on lesson 100 and 91 in A Course in Miracles. The Foundation for Inner Peace website is acim.org. Before I get into this, I wanted to say thank you to Nikki for letting me know that the Prime Creator channeling recently really, really helped you 
and even made you cry. That's the kind of feedback I love to hear. I'm glad that it is helping. Um, I've heard this from a couple people so far about that one, that it was a very powerful one. Of course, now I've got to go back and listen to it myself because I've forgotten what was said since I was in trance. <laughs> it's always the way, you know, it's like I'm just a master. I don't know. I, but no, I, I do. I feel the energy of it and I get the light codes and the downloads from the channelings that I do, but I don't always remember what was said. <laughs> so anyway, I want to say thank you to Nikki from Instagram and my Instagram, by the way, is at mermaidgirl888. That's also my Twitter. And there you have it. Um, all right, lesson 191 for A Course in Miracles today is I am the Holy Son of God Himself. I am the Holy Son of God himself here is your declaration of release from bondage of the world and here as well is all the world released you do not see what you have done by giving to the world the role of jailer to the son of god what could it be but vicious and afraid fearful of shadows punitive and wild lacking all reason blind insane with hate what have you done that you, this should be your world? What have you done that this is what you see? Deny your own identity and this is what remains. You look upon chaos and proclaim it is yourself? There is no sight that fails to witness this to you. There is no sound that does not speak of frailty within you and without. No breath you draw that does not seem to bring you near to death. No hope you hold, but will dissolve in tears. Deny your own identity, and you will not escape the madness which induced this weird, unnatural, ghostly thought that mocks creation and laughs at God. Deny your own identity, and you assail the universe alone without a friend, a tiny particle of dust against the legions of your enemies. Deny your own identity and look on evil, sin and death, and watch despair snatch from your fingers every scrap of hope, leaving you nothing but the wish to die. <sighs> Powerful words, right? Basically, guys, stop denying who you are. Rise up and claim your divinity now. You need but tell yourself. It says, you know, be glad today how very easily is hell undone. You need but tell yourself, I am the Holy Son of God himself. I cannot suffer, cannot be in pain. I cannot suffer loss, nor fail to do all that salvation asks. And in that thought is everything you look on wholly changed. There are 11 paragraphs to this this lesson and I'm not going to read them all if you wish to look them up absolutely free acim.org slash workbook slash lesson dash 191 or you could just download an app for free A Course in Miracles just lesson 191 I am the Holy Son of God himself well, that's pretty cool alright guys I'm going to take a quick break and 
along these lines of claiming your divinity when we come back I'm going to do a feng shui Thursday we haven't had one in a while and today the topic is how to have a stronger spiritual connection through feng shui right after this message Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you. guys I have already done feng shui Thursday episodes on wealth and abundance having a harmonious home which basically means how to get all your family members or roommates to get along with each other how to create like a peaceful space for people to get along I've also done an episode on improving your romantic relationships with feng shui so tonight we're going to cover how to use feng shui to have a deeper spiritual connection to divine so i found a bunch of articles and we're just going to go through some of the tips and and uh, whatnot that they've got here the first one is from faithful to nature dot co.za and they looks like they have I don't know where they send to I don't know what ZA means what country that is Zaire, Zamibia, I don't know what that means pizza, za <laughs> I don't know but it's faithful-to-nature.co.za they have a lot of interesting articles and they sell um, natural healing and organic products and for parenting they have a bunch of stuff you can buy so it might be fun to shop <laughs> there I you know just in case all right but anyway they um, have an article called five ways to make your home a spiritual haven it's such a wholesome and beautiful website it's worth it just to look at the website it's pretty so they're talking about how to find inner peace and tranquility and turn your home into a spiritual haven so it's not hardcore feng shui as it were but they have some great ideas so they're saying that if you number one is leafy friends having plants in your home will increase your psychological health as well as your happiness and some plants are excellent air purifiers always a good thing to keep in mind and they create a cozy atmosphere in your home also the color green is therapeutic and very soothing and it's used in feng shui to create positive energy and flow in a home 
feng shui, it says, is the art of placing objects in and around your home to create positive energy and abundance. So if you place healthy plants on either side of your front door, it will encourage your positive feng shui. And plants can also have a spiritual significant. And it says, go ahead and read up on the plants that have the qualities that you're looking for, be it protection, happiness, or luck. So, you know, you're, you might say you want a spiritual plant, but what kind of spirit, you know, what kind of spiritual help? You want a deeper connection to divine? You want a plant that's going to give off an odor that will help you meditate deeper? Uh, again, spiritual protection. You want something that's going to purify the energy in your home so that your spiritual practice is more of a flowy nature. Jasmine attracts love and money. Basil also attracts money and it brings good luck, protection, and purity. So candles is number two on their list. They say light is a crucial element that can make a space feel uh, either tranquil or harsh. So, uh, soothing, soft lighting can make instantly a difference in how your space feels. I agree with that. And you know, we're in a really good time of year because you can get Christmas lights. If you get purple Christmas lights or blue or green, those are the top chakras in your physical body that can connect you more to spirit. Also the soothing. Some of you like the cool white. My oldest kid loves that cool blue hue, crisp white light Christmas lights. We did a whole tree of blue and white one year for him. It was amazing. And I like white lights, but I like the white lights that are soft and almost old fashioned or romantic. And they're really a warm white light. Even amber is a really wonderful light color. So you could go right now to any store that sells Christmas things. Even if you're not even going to celebrate the holiday, if you're not even religious, you can use these lights to create a fantasy scene in your home where you're going to feel warm and connected the minute you walk into that space. So I'm bringing it up now because you know what, you know, and if you go to Dollar Tree, you could get like just white lights for 99 cents to a dollar, 99 cent store, Dollar Tree. But even like at Walmart or um, at Target, you know, just if you're in the States, you can probably for like five bucks or less, you could pick up some really nice lights. And for a good $25, you could really do it right. So you can experiment with different colors, like maybe have a purple space for Halloween or an orange space for Halloween. And for Christmas, maybe make it a green or white space or green and white. You just, you know, you can kind of mix and match the colors too. Whatever makes you feel super connected spiritually. But it's not just about the lights and we're going to see what they have to say. Okay. Burning candles not only looks beautiful, but in feng shui, it is considered to be purifying, purifying by fire, of course, also bringing an energy of fire into your home for warmth 
and prosperity and abundance. See, if you're having lots of abundance and wealth into your life, that's going to help relax you so that you can be more spiritual, right? And says the best placement is considered in the central part of the house. So, um, also I was going to, they say candles, but I'm going to tell you if you have, um, for like $60 is the cheapest one on Amazon or eBay. Even there are these fireplaces that you can literally hang anywhere in your house, like a piece of art and you put gel fuel, alcohol gel fuel in these fireplaces in they're just cans, just like tin cans. You take the lid off and you light the gel fuel and they will burn for like three hours, three to four hours. And it does raise the temperature of your room like two degrees, not a whole lot. So you can even use these in the summertime if you wish in the evenings. Um, it's romantic. It's warm. It's just wonderful. And it provides a light, soft, gentle lighting. I love, and it has a crackling sound. And some of the gel feel you can buy is even more crackly. And it sounds like a roaring fire with wood. And it's just gel feel. But they put something in it that crackles when it burns. And it burns clean. I have asthma. And I've had these in a couple different places in my couple places I lived. And I never had an issue with asthma ever. Now don't touch them even after an hour after they, they can warm up the fireplace, but I mean the metal, it's like a, it's just very thin metals. It's like super lightweight. It's even lightweight to ship. It's just boxy, like bulky, but you could get them up to three or $400 each, but they're really beautiful. So if you don't have a fireplace in your home and you always wanted one, and it kind of makes you sad or regretful that you don't have a fireplace and like that, like you love where you live, you bought a house, you love it. But the one thing missing is that, or you live in a place where it's really hot usually, and you don't have need for a fireplace. You could still get this and have this in, as your, in your spiritual corner or in the room where you have your spiritual um, stuff. And I'm telling you, it, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever done for myself. It made me feel so, and I put mine way up on the wall. You know, not low where the cat could jump on it or where the kids could accidentally touch it and burn themselves. I had it above my head. Wait, because I had taller ceilings in Detroit. And I just laid in bed. I would turn that on. And psychologically, I felt warmer in the wintertime. I mean, Detroit does get awfully cold. And so we did that quite a lot. And it was really, it was kind of nice. It, it kind of gave you, gives you like that sentimental feeling that you get when you're around fireplaces. So if you didn't want to have open flame candles in a place where maybe they'd be dangerous, you could also go get the candles that look real and they, they have just their battery operated. You just flip the switch on the bottom and they have, have some that are like flames flicker. So they look like real candles. So if you have cats or something or, or babies, you can still have the look and feel of candles without it being, you know, an open flame. All right. So number three is lamps. Another way to create clear energy is 
a Himalayan salt crystal lamp. And also, you know, the candle holders you use can be just as well. You could do a Himalayan salt candle holder as well. <clears throat> and they're very, very beautiful and they're practical. And when the bits and particles of these emit, you know, they, they'll break off and go into the air and you breathe in the salt, it's really good for your health. <clears throat> and, I mean, just eating this salt is really good for you. You know, so it's uh, got all the minerals that your body needs. And in um, the Himalayas, they have caves that are just this. The whole cave is made from this. It's natural. And they recommend if you have asthma to go sit in them for four hours a day. And eventually your asthma will just go away completely. So I thought that was extremely interesting. So basically this, uh, the Himalayan salt crystal lamps will um, release negative ions when you turn them on and it purifies the air and it takes away the negative energy in your air. Negative ions are actually positive for us and it protects you from the influence of electromagnetic fields. Not that we have to worry so much about the magnetosphere right now. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> oh, and also caused by your electrical appliances. Himalayan salt has the most soothing, beautiful colors of pinks and oranges, and it instantly does create a tranquil atmosphere. I have also unfortunately lost them in storage, but I did have a lot of these. I had several and I had, I had dreams to put them in every room, like on each nightstand for my children, you know, like I really wanted to do a lot with the Himalayan lamps because they're just so soothing and so beautiful. And they remind you of the most glorious sunset you can imagine. Aromatherapy is number four on the faithful to nature list. They say smell has a powerful immediate effect on your emotions. And when you use natural aromas, aromatherapy oils, as well as incense, it will be uplifting. So it's really good to use in your home and it enhances the chi energy when you use a natural scent and it promotes abundance and positive emotions. So frankincense, nag champa, one of my favorites and sandalwood. I love sandalwood. I have sandalwood incense and I, I keep it in my, in my, um, <laughs> I keep it in my uh, drawers, in my underwear drawer and my t-shirt drawers. And I take my clothes out and, okay, I smell like a hippie, but oh my God, it makes me so happy. I'll put it like next to my sleeping, um, like my nightgowns and my uh, pajamas. And when I put that on at night, I'm just like, oh, it just, it's so relaxing and such a high vibration to sandalwood and not champa. So, um, Basically, they, they help to reduce depression, frankincense, sandalwood, nag champa, and they reduce anxiety and they create a deep sense of the sacred and they also clear negative energy. Also, uh, jasmine, I find, does the same thing. I love the scent of jasmine. It's just night blooming jasmine. If you have it planted outside, the window where your uh, spiritual section is. Oh my God, that would be, that would be the dream, I think. Okay, number five, altar. Create a focal point in your home for what is sacred to you. Now don't go looking this up and going, oh yeah, I want all these Buddha images. And then after like a few weeks, you could go, 
I'm not even a Buddhist. I don't even believe in Buddha. I don't want to pray to Buddha. Like, what is this? You know, if you're not close to something, don't go ahead and create that in your home because it says so feng shui wise. I think it has to be sacred to you as well. That's what they said. But I agree with that. Like you have to do, you know, if you, if, if God Odin is your thing, find his symbols and put the Odin symbols, you know, put crystals on your altar that look like ice that represents the Nordic world. You know, if your thing is Jesus, I don't recommend cross. It's a sigil of death. Um, I don't like the unequal armed cross like at all. It's very negative to think about how someone died. I feel like this has come from the angel of death too, by the way. (laughs) But if you take the symbol of a dove or there are some very beautiful pictures of Jesus. There was a photograph taken in Brazil when he appeared to somebody and he allowed um, them to photograph him. There's also artwork from um, a woman who had a vision during a near-death experience and she drew what she saw. That's I find those to be very accurate representations. So if you're Christian and you love Jesus, that's what I recommend for your altar. It doesn't have to be with pentagrams. If that freaks you out, don't do that. You know, do what makes you feel soft and gentle, you know, a white feather to represent your guardian angel, you know, um, pictures of angels can also work. So what they say in this faithful to nature, they say, decorate it with photos of loved ones, objects from nature, such as stones, crystals, or fresh flowers, Pictures of spiritual figures, like I said, inspirational quotes. That's a good one. Even if it's just one word, or you could even do, I'm this for me now. You could do the whole Ho'oponopono process. Paint something that says, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Do Ho'oponopono art. And that will be your prayer to God constantly. And that will be very cleansing. It cleanses all the space around you. Um, they also say uh, candles, fairy lights, or books. The, this way you can symbolize your positive feelings of what is sacred and important for you. Things that you love, things that inspire your soul, things that I say will rock you to your core when you see it and you just feel open. If it's going to crack open the heart and crack open the head and allow all that love to flow, that's what I think you need to do. So you could get creative. You can create a magical space and you don't even have to limit it to an altar. You could have a whole room if you want. Let's see. And that's pretty much uh, what they have for their list. It says, find what makes your soul sing and spread the magic throughout your home, making it a place where you can rejuvenate your spirit and find your center. The author of this article is Renee Lau. L-O-U-W. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If not, sorry. <laughs> but hopefully. Now, there was a, another article from that I found from Telegraph India. And I felt like a lot of the article wasn't terribly helpful, but they gave some really good Uh, advice and this is more along the lines of feng shui cures okay so um let's see 
They said that given below are some of the best feng shui tips and tricks that you can choose along with any of the objects. So now this is some ideas that I thought were good. Um, one thing they're saying is I don't think this is really true. They said Benoit balls. I thought that was for sex only. So I'm thought that was a sexual thing to help. It's like helps you with kegels women. You know what I'm talking about? Why would they say Benoit balls? Oh, wow. That's nuts. Okay. Maybe not that, or maybe, (laughs) maybe what they mean by that are the magic balls that, (laughs) oh my God. So I mean, the first half of the show, I'm talking about penises and I'm talking about balls. Oh my God. Balls are never far behind me. I already mentioned penises. Okay. I have, I used to have these balls and they were, (laughs) they were blue. They were blue and gold and they had these beautiful flowers painted on them. And they had like a, um, you could, (laughs) I am not going to get through this. (laughs) You could shake them and they sound like fairy sounds. They're so amazing. And you hold them, both of them in your hand and you just, uh, as you, uh, you move them around in a circle in your hand. And you could try to do different patterns, right? And you do it in your right hand, and then you do it in your left hand. <laughs> Just cradling your balls gently in your hands. And the sound of them is very soothing and relaxing. <laughs> and <laughs> I loved them. I just called them my Chinese balls or my Chinese fairy balls. And they come in various sizes according to how big your hand is. And maybe in new age stores or, you know, you can find them. I got mine though at home and garden shows there in along the West coast. I knew a couple people who sold these all up and down the West coast. Like we're talking Washington, Oregon, California, even the inland um, part of California. So any home and garden show, you might be able to find uh, Chinese stuff, like literally from China. And usually it's a Chinese person selling this stuff. (coughs) And it's always feng shui stuff for your home and your garden. So that's where I got my, all right. (laughs) So other objects are talking about though, that I loved this Tibetan prayer wheels. I love that meditation Buddha. I used to have a Buddha statue that when I touched it, this energy went through me. That was so incredible. And the guy who is from mainland China and he told me with the energy you feel, this is for you. And there's like, there's a staff and sometimes there's like hairs coming out of the staff that they'll carve it. So it's not smooth on top. It like, it looks like hairs coming out of the staff. And he says that they're like good luck projections or emanations from the staff of the Buddha. And he's laughing and he's walking and there's energy coming out of his staff at the top. And, um, he said that the intention of the carvers, the energetic intention of the carvers go into the statue. 
So if you touch a Buddha statue and it calls to you and sings to you, even if you're not Buddhist, which I'm not, but it, it called to me and I was like, oh, I mean, I just, I held that thing all the way home on my lap and I just hugged it. I miss it. Oh my God. I miss that so much. Someone else has it. I hope they're feeling the good positive vibration for it. Cause I, I mean, I burned incense. That was part of my, that was part of my altar back in California. And I just loved that Buddha, but a meditation Buddha is one who is like sitting cross-legged and he usually has his, his uh, sometimes there's a third eye painted on or not. He has his eyes closed. Um, but also the meditation, um, uh, you know, from India, uh, Lord Shiva or sometimes Kali Ma, not so much Kali Ma, but usually she's up and dancing if you have a Kali Ma, but, um, anything that calls to you, you know, um, I used to have a, um, Kuan Yin statue, which I really loved, but feng shui pouches, feng shui energy chimes, Tibetan tinksha symbols. Oh, I love those. I used to have those too. Magnetic hematite. Um, and then it says pear. I don't know if that is another reference balls. What the hell are they talking about? But magnetic hematite does, it does, um, get rid of negative energy in your space. Bakwa Reiki grid sets, or just make your own grid if you want fountains and Lotus chakra tree of life. So they're saying that these will help restore in you, um, various, it says, it says required levels of feng shui. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know if this article is very good, but I thought that that section, that little section of this article was good. Again, that's telegraphindia.com. Um, they're saying, you know, water elements sometimes can correct fluid levels of your life to achieve maximum peace and tranquility. But you got to make sure where you have a water element. Um, so you have to look onto other feng shui websites. They do say, though, refrain from things that make you feel heavy and feel down emotionally. Um, and also, you don't want to feel high and dry and uncomfortable emotionally because that will result in emotional stress. So obviously if you have a water feature, like a fountain, I used to have a gorgeous, um, mermaid fountain, of course. Oh my God. I love my mermaid fountain. It was one of the favorite, my most favorite things in the world. So mirrors are considered to be baffling as far as mental stability is considered. So only use them when you are fully aware of the outcomes. It says, I mean, I don't know when you don't eat the extra bagel for lunch. I don't know what they mean by that. But I do agree that don't put mirrors in your bedroom. Don't put mirrors in your, um, (laughs) don't put mirrors, um, you know, just cover your mirrors. If you have mirrors in your bedroom, just cover them up while you sleep. You don't want to attract negative entities in the middle of the night. And if you have a mirror in your bedroom, a full length mirror, especially that can encourage cheating in a relationship because you have the reflection of another person in your room, you know? So it's like you and your husband, you're standing there and now there's other people. So it's like, it looks like four people are in your room. It's like weird. Just, just don't mirrors are weird mirror. I have mirrors in my living room and in my dining room. And I love the way it doubles the space. It feels light and bright because it's reflecting the beautiful clouds and the, and everything. But we don't have mirrors anywhere else except our bathrooms, you know, normal bathroom mirrors, but nowhere else, you know? Um, all right. 
The existence of beams that are above the level of your bedding position over your head will have to be removed. Well, that's kind of stupid if they're like holding your roof up, right? But how you remove like a heavy wooden beam, if you have that in your bedroom, that could cut your marriage in half. It could cut your relationships. Also, if it's going across your body energetically, that can cut your... um, energetic lines and the magnetic forces in your body and it could cause health issues so what you need to do when you have um, these beams overhead paint them the same color as your ceiling paint it all white my uh, house that I lived in with my husband I told him that and he's like no I like the beams I'm like they're painted dark brown they're ugly as hell I'm serious you got to do it so he painted them white and then next to the beams, he did crown molding on either side. My God, our living room looks so rich after that. He was like, oh, I'm, I wish we would have done this the first week. This feels high vibration, high energy now. He was listening to a super high vibrational new age music like all the time. So while he worked, he had his favorite music. And it was like that super high vibration which is what he was focused on and thinking about God while he did the work in the room. And that really made a difference. It was incredible. And people who couldn't stand um, high vibrational um, spirit vibes, they couldn't even walk in the house. (laughs) And so the only people who came in the house had very positive emotions. It was amazing. All right. um, Let's see what else did they say. Uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely don't have beams in your bedroom. Oh my God, that's so bad. But anywhere in your house, honestly, just color them white. And if you want to paint like a, a sky scene, you could put, you could do a sky scene all over the beams as well as in, in the sections between the beams or in between the beams, however you want. But just make sure the beams blend in with paint. That's the easiest way to do it. Or you could cover it with Japanese or Chinese rice paper or you know, or even fabric if you want a bohemian look, just cover them up so no one can see them. That way, and with soft fabric, this kind of flowy and billowy, that will really immediately, instantly relieve the stress that comes from the beam, you know, the energy. Because anything that has a point that's pointed at you, it's like it cuts your energy. You just don't, it's not good for you. So dead plants, you have to get rid of all of them. It's so negative and it's just, it's a big retracting thing. If you retain the plants that are dead, that after they were lively, right? Um, which reminds me, I've got one in my kitchen. So there's several other feng shui remedies for your mind that you can consider. Obviously, um, this was written by Manisha Kushik, who's also a tarot card reader, numerologist, and a vastu fang consultant she can be contacted at askmanisha m-a-n-i-s-h-a dot com so i don't know the rest of the article i didn't find helpful towards this particular um episode of metaphysical soul speak but what i read to you i did find so okay um let's see here all right uh, the spruce.com they they write <clears throat> there's an article called feng shui bagua tips for spirituality area 
I'm sure by now you're wondering where the hell is your spirituality area? <laughs> oh, we talked enough about other areas today. <laughs> Penis fish. Okay. In feng shui terms, the energy of spirituality and spiritual growth and self-cultivation. Now check this out. It's connected to your northeast area of your bagua or the lower left area if you're using the BTB bagua. You know, it depends on what school you, you go with, right? So basically lower left area, if you are going to look at <clears throat> like a map of your home or the blueprints of your home, and you were, of course, north of, of your home would be facing north. It'd be the end at the top, right? And then you see which way your everything is facing. So the lower left area of that, or basically your northeast area. So... I'm looking at, oh my God, that's exactly where my dead plant is. That's in my kitchen. Oh my God. Well, now I know that's my spirituality area. So, so I'm glad I'm doing the show. It helps me too. <laughs> I'm learning along with you guys. I love this. All right. So you could check it out on the spruce.com. They do have a way to figure out where it is, like where your feng, feng shui bagua is in your house. So... It says, in order to create good feng shui in your spirituality area, do your very best to express the feng shui cures if you need to, as well as adding the elements that will bring about a greater spirituality. So the feng shui element of this bagua area is the earth element. So that's good to know. Um, Let's see. It says there are two elements that bring energetic harmony and strength to this area, earth and fire. Ooh, that's good to know. I mean, mine's in the kitchen and I have fire going on in there all the time. Oh, that's so weird. Because when it was really cold here, we would keep a burner on for hours. That's really weird because that's that makes a lot of sense. All right. And we even have earth tones on the walls. I can't stand it. Orange and tan are the color of the walls in there. I just, I, ugh, I can't stand that. I said, please let me color green. It's the kitchen, the wealth energy of the home. And he's like, I just painted it. It's perfectly good paint. I'm like, oh my God, it's orange, dude. Who want orange makes you eat. And it's in the kitchen. It's just I'm like, all right, fine. It's not my house. I can't do anything about it, but all right. Um, let's see. I'm looking and looking at this. All right. Uh, so the earth element is needed because it, this is a native element of the Northeast Bagua fire element is one that supports that. All right. So what you need to do to this part, the spirituality area of your home, hang art with a strong earth element energy. And this can be various landscapes, such as mountains, which of course is excellent feng shui for this bagua area. Well, does it count if you have a window overlooking mountains? Because I do. It's really awesome because I live in the Andes. All right. Um, art connected, number two is art connected to your spiritual quest specifically. So whatever speaks to your deep inner core. So, um, any kind of image that 
is your spirituality. And a lot of things with uh, the fire feng shui element color or the earth element color, that will help. It says, be mindful of the colors of your chosen art as a feng, as a feng shui cure and avoid strong water or metal element colors in this area. <clears throat> um, anyway, fire, mint, fire element art and the fire element in art could be with red flowers, red, red or orange or fiery sunsets, or even images of actual fire. So if you painted a candle with a flame, that might even be, work. That might be another way if you don't want to have actual candles in your home. I know a few people that don't. Number four, tall lights are considered a good feng shui cure for any Bagua area. So any size lighting fixtures work, but of course, super tall would help, right? But anything that fits harmoniously in with your surroundings. Number five, fire elements such as tall candles. Well, there you go. That's a tall light, is it not? Decor items in the fire element colors such as red, orange, and purple. Oh, good. Well, my kitchen's already orange. (laughs) Well, there you go. All right. (laughs) And all the shapes, um, so red, orange, and purple are the fire element colors and the shapes that bring the needed fiery energy. So tall candles, that's a good shape, I suppose. Um, You can also use the shape of the earth element, which is a square, to further strengthen the area. So number six is paint the walls in the uh, earth or fire feng shui colors. Well, like I just said, yeah, orange and earthy, you know, like brown or tan or orange, you know, that, that works. All right, well, that was cool. I learned something about my own place where I'm living now, so that's nice. All right. Now, finally, we are going to go to this other article here. Okay, now we're not because it decided to stop and reload itself. (laughs) Good thing it's not a gun. (laughs) All right. um, All right. If you go to fengshuilondon.net, They've got a lovely, huge, hefty amount of awesome articles. So, fengshuilondon.net. They talk about spiritual feng shui. They say it's not for personal aspects because the spiritual is transpersonal. It's transcendent of your personal stuff. So, spiritual feng shui is helping you connect with spiritual dimensions, other realms, and to help anchor them into your home or your workplace. And it also can affect your spiritual life. But if you have a spiritual perspective on life, obviously, when your spiritual needs are met, you are suffering less. You have more harmony and balance in your life. So here we go. Um, Let's see. They have this massive article. Okay. It's spiritual feng shui and what is spiritual feng shui. It's a bunch. Let me see. I'm going to tell you the beginning. A good way at the top here. The spiritual feng shui. What is spiritual feng shui? Top spiritual feng shui tips. 
it's like three, three, three titles in one. <laughs> it is written by Jan Sisek, C-I-S-E-K. She is a feng shui consultant. I'm assuming she's a she. Jan could also be a he name, so I don't know. So, but this is again feng shui london.net. So, very long article. I highly recommend it. It's really long. It's one reason I'm late getting this episode out. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> there, she's talking about the spiritual and mental aspects of feng shui and why you need spirituality and who recognizes it as something that helps you heal from mental stress and mental and emotional and physical uh, medical conditions. I mean, it's like super long, super, super, super long. Um, Oh, this is interesting. She says feng shui is a spiritual discipline. Originally when feng shui was conceived, it was used for cementers burial places and spirits and it was part of the trinity of luck heaven's luck which is spiritual human luck which is your skills your mindsets and beliefs and earth luck which is feng shui itself and she does have a picture of a himalayan salt lamp which is pretty cool so um She talks about what can trigger mystical experiences, but when, but she has a list, okay, of the top tips for spiritual feng shui. So we're going to go over this as quick as possible right now, time already. So to deepen your spiritual connection and to connect with your inner self, as well as the wonders and the energies of life. And by the way, this person has a lovely way of writing and Seriously, fengshuilondon.net, go check her out. Okay, number one, create a sacred space that has spiritual connotations and brings a spiritual connection to your life. It can be a physical reminder in a form of a place on your bookshelf with things that have spiritual meaning or even a little altar or a puja mandir temple. So if you're, I I don't even know what that means. I know what puja is kind of, I think it's like an offering to the gods. I, I have had puja um, done for me in India, and then they sent me this little packet of red powder and yellow powder, and I had to mix it with water and put it on my forehead until it magically went away on its own, which made it very awkward for grocery shopping. Because <laughs> I did immediately and didn't think about where I needed to go that day. <laughs> and, and at first, my husband thought I had been like, like I had an injury, like, like my head was bleeding and he freaked out. I forgot to tell him, by the way, that I was doing this. <laughs> like, oh, I had puja done. I, I went and got the mail this morning. And he's like, what What are you talking about, puja? What? what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I wanted to appease my planets. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'll tell you guys about it later. I'll have to look this up and do a whole show on it. Because it was pretty... I felt the energy of it, and I actually did really well money-wise that year, so hey, it did work. (laughs) But okay, number two, have a quiet place where you can sit still, where you can meditate and contemplate. Do your own spiritual practice, and this embeds the energy into the space with your positive energies. 
and it creates a morphic field where over time it will be easier and easier to have sacred space for yourself and also those vibrations if you only sit in one place to do your spiritual practice it builds up those vibrations it is incredible it really 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 is true number three have sacred objects so we already talked about this with the other articles but what she says here is simple reminders of connection to nature such as stones or crystals also religious type objects if you're religious um she says crosses it's a sigil of death don't do crosses even if you are a christian just do pictures of jesus or a, a, like a white dove even even a necklace that says wwjd you know what would jesus do something you know something that reminds you of it without having an actual cross because um it literally that's how he died it's a sigil of death and death is negative and it's very for most people death is negative i'm the angel of death i love death but you know it's you don't want to be thinking about death when you when you're thinking about spiritual stuff necessarily you know so i i just don't like the energy of that um but pictures of saints holy men holy women any object that will remind you of your specific gateway to your spiritual connection it's a really really good um idea sacred objects things that are very sacred the objects that have been blessed by holy men um things that have touched holy sacred ground um you know if you have you know if you uh, are catholic and you know about saint bernadette and you've gone to the holy springs at lords and you have some of that water that would go on your altar you know for example so list your spiritual gateways and how they make you feel and find ways to represent these in your home or workplace as reminders anchors or nudges and she says feng shui equals intention plus energy plus ritual I thought that was kind of a neat little mathematical formula. <laughs> Spiritual math. I love it. Number four, bring reverence to, of nature to your home. Uh, pictures, posters, images, you know, anything about nature. Um, obviously, having a little plant, having, you know, crystals. You know, even if you want to connect with nature spirits themselves, she could say, of course, that special magical thing that Judy Kauf taught us. Let me see if I remember it. Tuatha said dig. No, will a wish Tuatha said dig, Shigar Malith. Say that three times, you'll bring the nature spirits right to you. Number five, recognize Wabi Sabi in your home or workplace. We're going to have to figure out what Wabi Sabi is on another day. <laughs> see the beauty in the imperfection of your home or workplace, and that will connect you to the physical world more do we really want that though all right we're moving right on six bring more curvilinear curvilinearity as opposed to angularity yeah i agree with that round and oval shapes according to research are more associated with spiritual and energetic aspects okay I will beg to differ in the case of the pyramid but getting right back to this you could do a genisa crystal I think you could even do a paper Janisa crystal that would be, you know, uh, earthy. Um, copper is a metallic element, so you don't want to do that in that part of your space. But I would definitely say make a Janisa crystal, like even out of paper, it's practically free. 
So, um, yeah, all right. So as opposed to square rectangular shapes. So Janisa crystal is round, so that will help. That's associated with the material world, she says. Number seven, light and fire are associated with the spiritual realm, probably because plasma makes up 99.9% of the universe. I did not know that. Very interesting. Make sure you have good illumination at your home and plenty of good, healthy lighting. No fluorescent or energy-saving light bulbs. I would say if you have light bulbs, make sure they're the UV ones. You know, the positive UV light, like sunlight in your home. That's so... It, it, it relieves seasonal affective disorder as well. Candles, incense, fireplaces are good spiritual connectors and activators. Don't overdo them, though, because they do pollute the air, she says. Well, incense, yeah. Uh, the fireplace, I mentioned, no. Candles depends on. If you do a honeybee um, candle, not out of honeybees, oh my God, please no, but honeybee wax you know, uh, literally wax that bees make smells amazing. Your, your place will smell like honey, like hot honey. It's so good. All right. Um, you know, she says my personal favorites are plasma balls again with the balls already and Himalayan salt crystal lamps. Yes, yes, yes. Even at work, Himalayan salt crystal lamp. Now, what, what does she mean by a plasma ball? Like you just go into outer space and pluck a plasma ball, shape it with your hands, and do you wear gloves for that? What is a plasma ball? I gotta look that up. Perform regular. Maybe she means the ones where you touch and it's like the it's alive energy. Do you know what I mean? Like electricity balls? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Right, eight. Perform regular space clearing rituals and ceremonies to purify your home and workplace. I'd also have to say keep it clean, just, you know, with bleach also, you know, or whatever you need to clean that area, especially if you're at work. Keep the dust out of the space. Number nine, add fractal designs and patterns. Fractals are infinite patterns that can remind us of the wonder of this world and infinite possibilities. Hmm. All right, maybe a kaleidoscope. If you can't quite, like, focus on meditation, look through a kaleidoscope, you know, get high and, okay, maybe not. Number 10, visit local power places or sacred sites to feel the presence of the connection to the wonder and energies of the life or do forest bathing. Huh, that sounds very, well, it's another thing I have to look up, forest bathing. I say do that, take pictures of that, put it on your computer as a screensaver at work. Because then you always have the energy and it's going on your computer. Like if you have to have a computer in your workplace and you have a desk and you're doing this at work, by the way, that's an excellent, but I mean, don't put a computer in your spiritual area to your house, but yeah, pictures of the sacred sites or a rock from the place. Or if you find a feather in your path, as you're walking in the sacred space, take that with you and ask the energy of the space. If that's okay, if you take it with you first. If you're in Hawaii, leave it where it lay because Goddess Pele will have your butt in a sling. All right. <laughs> in a fiery sling. Just, yeah, don't ever mess with Goddess Pele. I love her dearly, but don't mess with her. Uh, number 11, create a healthy home by avoiding and minimizing environmental stressors like a geopathic stress, electromagnetic pollution, 
Yeah, Faraday cage. <laughs> Dirty electricity. As opposed to clean electricity? I don't know what that means. Or to echo the old Latin wisdom of mens sana and corpore sano. A healthy mind and a healthy body. Number 12, gateways to spiritual connection. Think about your personal spiritual gateways, how they make you feel, write them down. It can be anything, anyone, anytime, or any place, or any activity that makes you feel at ease, connected to life, embodied in life. Just if it's like looking at art, for me, that's one of my most happy places, looking at art, specifically at a Van Gogh, like a real one. I, I, I mean, I visited it so often. I take my kids out, <clears throat> out to lunch at the Detroit Institute of the Arts and I mean, we would visit the Van Goghs. The kids would be looking at different art and I would just sit in there and just stare at the Van Gogh. I just, and then I also, we, there's this little benches you could carry around and you could sit with the art and live with the art in the DIA and there was a Buddha statue and it was like literally of a specific monk from a thousand years ago or something. And I would just sit and stare at it. And I felt his presence with me. I also felt Van Gogh with me. I mean, I just, oh, I had so much love and I felt love radiating from these spirits who have long since passed on their love towards me as I was loving them. It was like pretty incredible. So sitting for me, art is one of my deep, powerful, happy places so but it says anything that makes you happy listening to music swimming sunbathing running holding a baby when it's sleeping no (laughs) dreaming anything that makes you feel at ease blissful peaceful mindful happy joyful active enlightened present alive in the flow in the zone relaxed energized safe etc so that's what I think. That's what I think too. For real. Um, all right, guys. Well, you know, it's about time. Let's see. There was one more article called from nofengshui.com if you wanted to look it up. And I don't know why this, it's like it was really an amazing, um, it was really an amazing uh, article and suddenly it was just gone. So I don't know. Uh, another thing I want to mention before we go, as far as feng shui, you have to keep the air cleansed where you are. Himalayan salt crystal lamps for sure. If there's a window, for sure. If you have an air purifier that you can move to that section for maybe an hour every couple days. If you have um, a rainbow vacuum, that is one of the best ways um, to clean the energy, to clean the air. It purifies the air using water. You just take it through your whole house and you just like leave it in a room. It's super loud. You just leave it in a room and leave, like go shopping or something. When you come home, the uh, air, or the water in the bottom of the rainbow will be completely filled with the dust and the dirt and the pollen, the viruses and all the crap that was in your air in your home. And it'll just be trapped in the water and you just dump it outside bada boom bada bing this is how they um, make the rooms at NASA you know for the te- the Hubble telescope they literally use a rainbow vacuum it's more than a vacuum it's an air purifier system 
and it, they're expensive as hell, but you could get a, a used one. Even from the 1960s, they still work. They're very good machines. And you can get them on eBay for like a couple hundred dollars. And I've had a couple of them in my lifetime, and I, I really miss having them. What I wouldn't give to have one here in, in Ecuador, they're very heavy. And if it never ever stops to working, you can just take it in for less than $100 and get it fixed at any rainbow um, dealer. And on every continent in every country you can find a rainbow so those are the best 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 um ways to purify air in your home because you have more pollution in your home than outside in many cases so that's it guys that's all i gotta say about that for tonight please send me miracle christmas stories and your predictions for 2020 Whatever you think is going to happen next year, baby, let me know. Metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. And that's it. That's all I got to say for tonight. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being on this ascension journey with me, for being along the spiritual path with me. I love that we're all doing this as a group because the first 25 years of my doing this, it was pretty much on my own with one boyfriend for a while. And then with my husband of 11, 13 years, we're together, 13 years, married 11. I, um, you know, I, I've always been on the spiritual path my whole life, ever since I was like a baby, basically three, four years old. I've had spiritual experiences my whole life and that was always my path. And now that we're all doing this together and you guys are waking up, some of you have been awake for a long time. Some of you just woke up this year, even in the last few months and welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you aboard and have you as a part of this discovery of ourselves and of our spirituality. It's wonderful. Don't forget to laugh along the way. I think that's what all the penis fish washing ashore <laughs> in Northern California. God's reminding us. Um, <laughs> he's reminding us to uh, have fun and, and laugh. And, and don't forget, don't forget to be, you know, throwing caution to the wind and letting loose with a good gut laugh once in a while. <laughs> Life is hilarious and life is joyful and beautiful. And even though we're getting hit with the secondary shockwave now from the big, big, big shockwave from that big supernova, it's hitting us right this moment on into tomorrow. It's golden energy, light, gold, light. Take it in, breathe it in. That's happening right now. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit more about it tomorrow. But accept everything let the things go and um, don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff (laughs) that's it signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension until next time guys Do you ever wish you could look 
into the next chapter in your book of life and see what's coming next. What does the universe have in store for you? I can help you with that. I will give you a Celtic cross reading, which is 10 cards, or you can ask me three questions and I use three cards per question. So that's nine cards or I can channel your higher guidance or maybe God directly for you. Maybe you want to talk to your dear departed Aunt Edna because maybe you have a few questions and she was the smartest person you knew. If your deceased relatives are available or your ascended masters, I can channel them for you personally. Let me have one hour to show you the future in your next chapter of your book of life. Readings are $75 and it takes me an hour to an hour and a half to complete. And for this price, you will also be hooked up to the healing grid around the planet for free, which means yours truly, me, I will be giving you Reiki 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life. All you have to do is let me know. Metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com and we will explore your future together.